one, if you'll turn there. We're going to look at these few verses of Scripture tonight. And uh, I have a, I'm one of those one-pagers tonight, so, I, you know, it's hard to tell how long this is going to be. It could be, it could be 15, 20 minutes. It could be, well, you know the rest of the story. You've heard that before. But I'll tell you, as I sat and I, and I sat down at my study, instead of writing out every thought that came to my mind because I just kept writing and kept writing and kept writing, we started writing down some scriptures and some ideas about, you know, just sort of an outline of what, I'm, what I have tonight. But in verse 3 of 1 Peter chapter 1, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept. Now all these adjectives have a lot to lift up the heart of those that are saved by the grace of God. The Bible says here that we're kept by the power of God. I mean, nothing, according to Romans in chapter 8, can take that away. Nothing can, can hinder our salvation in any way, shape, form, or fashion. The Bible says, "...who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice." Though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold or many, many temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, whom having not seen, ye love. Amen. Ye love Him. Even though you've never seen Him, you've never felt Him physically, the Bible says, though you have never seen Him, you love Him. In whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I'll go ahead and read verse 9 because that is the climax of, of our lives. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. I want to bring a message tonight simply entitled, The Joys of Salvation. Almost gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight as we bow in your presence, we do so tonight with thankful hearts. And dear God, I pray that you would empower your word tonight to bless your people. Help us to rejoice in our great salvation, Father. Father, I pray that those that are unsaved even now will look at us. They will inquire of the joy that we have. They may desire that same kind of feeling and expression in their hearts and minds that they may have joy unspeakable and full of glory also. Lord, I pray for the salvation of lost souls tonight. 
I pray for the salvation of lives of your children. Bless us tonight, dear God. Let us redeem the time. Let us rejoice in our salvation. And Father, forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name. His sake that I pray. Amen. Tonight, the actual bulk of our message will come out of the book of Philippians. We'll chase a couple other scriptures, but mainly tonight we will be spending most of our time in the book of Philippians. So, as I look at it, our joys are full in the salvation we enjoy and rejoice in. Amen? I mean, if you're saved by the grace of God and you know that knowing inside, it ought to bring you joy. To know and understand that you're not going to be placed under the wrath of a mighty God because of the things that are going on in our own country tonight. It ought to bring you joy knowing that God's wrath is not going to be stirred or kindled against you. Now, that's not to say you're not going to feel some of the effects of God's wrath upon the rest of this nation. But understand this, you're saved by the grace of God and that, my friend, means everything in the world. That is the... That is the, the very escape of, the, of a mighty, wrathful God. And I pray that our minds may understand that and be fixated upon that very thought this evening. So first of all, the joys of salvation. Listen, we are filled with joy because of the kindness and love of the brotherhood. I mean, just look around. I, sp- I spoke to this matter just a moment ago at our opening. Just look around. At the joys and the rejoicing of fellow saints of God. I mean, when you come into the house of God, there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. There is a, there is a stirring of, of, uh, of, of emotions in the voices of individuals as, as we're coming out of the prayer room. I mean, I hear this. And I hear this chatter and I hear this, this loving experience of brothers and sisters in Christ uh, enjoying each other's company. Folks, that is an, that's, an, that's a wonderful thing to have in a house of God. Because without that, I mean you're cold and indifferent. Have you ever been in a service where there was absolutely no... No chatter whatsoever. I've been in those services where where there is absolutely uh, uh, nothing that is going on. I mean, it it's almost as if be quiet. Somebody will hear you. I love hearing the voices of people in this house. I love uh, at the, at the beginning of a service, just prior to my opening up this service. I love hearing people as they visit one another and, and rejoice with each other and, and encourage one another in whatever they're all talking about. It could be the secular things of our lives. I mean, coming to an understanding of what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. These are things that Christians can enjoy as well, you know. But as I, as I come to an end and, and the last prayer is brought forth, I love the fact that we're standing back there at the door for quite some time just because people are rejoicing with each other. They're enjoying each other's presence. 
and enjoying the time just to speak to one another. Don't ever rush on my account. Listen, I'll stand at the door as long as it takes, and I'll stand in the parking lot till the last car leaves. That's usually the way I do it. I don't like to leave if somebody else is here. I want to be the last one to leave because I want to make sure everybody gets on their way safely. It's just one of those pastor things. It's just one of those things that we do. But as I said and I think about what it is to come to the house of God, what it is to, to arrive at this little, this little place in the middle of this valley, this little lighthouse, this little place where people could come in and rejoice in salvation. Listen, we're filled with the, with the love of a brotherhood. In Philippians in chapter 2, Look there with me for just a moment. Philippians in chapter 2. Begin reading at verse 1 with me. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded having the same love, being of one accord in one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you which was first in Christ Jesus. Folks, what we're seeing here as the Apostle Paul was talking to the church at Philippi, He was telling them, listen, enjoy each other. Enjoy one another's company. It's a bad place to be when you come into a service and the the coldness is such that you could cut it with a knife. I've been in services like that. I've been been in places where I've tried to preach revival meetings where you already know, listen, yeah, it needs more than a revival. It needs an intervention of God. And I'm talking about it was, it was in a position where you come in and you just feel an eeriness all around you. Not in this place. I remember saying that once and one of the youngsters thought I was talking about here. And I'm not talking about here. When I come into the house of God here, I feel, I feel joy. I feel the brotherhood. I feel the, the experience that each and every one of us realize each and every service that we come to the house of God. It's a joyful thing. In chapter 2 of the book of Philippians in verse 14, here the Bible says, Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Where, where are we at today, folks? time to shine as lights. Amen. It's time for the Christians in America to shine forth that their brightness. We can begin right here in the house of God with each other. Love and courage and uplifting. Philippians chapter 4 we're staying right out here and look at verse 2 and 3. The Bible says, I beseech ye odious I've jumped ahead a point, ain't I? I'm moving right ahead. I'm sitting there thinking, that ain't got nothing to do with my first point. (laughs) But at any rate, let's just back up and, and let's just stop for 
for just a moment. Go back to Philippians 1 and verse 25. I want to get this straight because I think it's good. Well, the Bible says here now, again, we're talking about the kindness and the, the love of the brotherhood. In Philippians in chapter 1 and verse 25 and 26, the Bible says, And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Paul had this, this kind of a feeling of, of, of the greatest desire to see that church again. And he felt, he felt the same thing reciprocated back toward him. Just like when some of our missionaries are able to come in from furlough. I remember, I remember Brother Bratcher Brother and Sister Bratcher, as they would come in and, and man, they would rejoice because the people had a, had a rejoicing heart for them and a love for them. I remember the letters that Sister Bratcher would always write back home. After she stayed in our home and after she and Brother Bratcher had visited for a week or so, she fell in love with Debbie's or Naren's little dog, Applejack's, well, it was. We'd be sitting at the at the kitchen table, and Sister Bratcher, you'd hear her saying, "I've said this before." You'd hear her saying, "Here, Applejack," and you know what was going to happen? A big old chicken breast, fried chicken breast, was going to hit the floor. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't trade that for nothing. I wouldn't trade those memories, the joys of knowing those laborers of the Lord. The joys of having them uh, uh, come to this church and present the Word of God. You remember Brother Bratcher, a big old tall, lean man. and Man, I love to hear him preach. I'll never forget. I love to hear Brother Bratcher. <clears throat> May God again <clears throat> bless the labors of His hands for they are still going. In 1 Thessalonians, Chapter 1. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Well, let's just look at verse 2 and 3. <coughs> Getting a little warm. <coughs> you bear with me. I've been having problems with my asthma. Since Thursday. Uh. Sometimes I have to talk myself down because I'm about to, if I take my breathing a little bit slower, it usually does pretty good. So just bear with me just a moment. I'll get myself cooled back down. <clears throat> Again, the first thing that we need to realize in the joy of our salvation is a love for the brotherhood. There's nothing quite like it, are there? To be able to come into the house of God and knowing you're going to be met there with loving and embrace. A shake of the hand. 
a good evening or a good morning. Those are all signs of a church family that loves one another. I hear the prayers of our men. And I'll be honest with you, it excites me to hear men praying for the brotherhood. For the continued love of the brethren. That only tells me one thing. Yes, the devil knows all about you. But God's power is greater. Amen. And He's able to overcome those things. So again, the first thing I want you to be reminded of in the joys of salvation is the is the fact that we have a brotherhood right here. Loving brothers and sisters in Christ that care for you and enjoy your company. The second thing I want you to realize is that we're filled with joy because of the common faith and unity of spirit. Now just a moment ago, I've already given you two or three verses of Scripture about our unity. Listen, church. We are a people. We are all different people. But when it comes to unity of the body, listen, the common goal is the glory of God. Amen. That's the common goal. That's the denominator that makes us different than any other uh, entity in the world. We have a desire and a drive to be unified. We have a desire and a drive to teach and to preach what thus saith the Lord and and again, expect individuals to adhere to the Word of God. That's what unity does. That's how we are unified as a body of Christ. They cooperate with each other. In Philippians in chapter 1, again we go back here for just a moment. In Philippians in chapter 1, I uh, I dare say that I didn't get a, an earlier start. I'd say that I was a little bit later getting started because it's already 8 o'clock. But I will wrap this up in just a little bit. But I want you to think about Philippians in chapter 1. As we look at verse 27, again we're talking about unity of spirit. A common denominator, a common goal for each other. In verse 27, the Bible says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit. In other words, you stand together unity in unified body. You stand together with one mind. We have the same, we have the same idea when it comes to the Word of God. Amen. Striving together for the faith of the gospel. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. Secondly, we are to be filled with joy because of the common faith and unity of the brotherhood. In Philippians 4, in Philippians 4, verses 2 and 3, <clears throat> the Bible says here, I beseech Eodius and beseech say that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Folks, you know, there's often times that we have a difference of opinion. Amen? I mean, we're human beings. We're going to have a difference of opinion. 
But when it comes to God's Word, there shouldn't be no difference in our mind and in our makeup. We need to be thinking on the same page. Amen? We need to be thinking about the same thing and, and in line with each other. But lastly here tonight, <clears throat> we are filled with joy because our confidence is in the Lord. You know, I go back to Psalm 126. In Psalm 126, I want you to look at this with me. In verse 3, the Bible says here now, The Lord hath done great things for us whereof. We are glad He's done wonderful things. I started out this sermon tonight with that thought in mind. Has not God been good to this congregation? God has blessed us. He's protected us. He's watched over us. He has blessed us with salvation. We're praying for the blessing of added salvation. We're praying for the lost souls of those around us. That they may be saved by the grace of God. We have joy because our confidence is in God, not in man. You know, I'll be honest with you. You know, you look around at all these man-made organizations and all these fraternities and all this and that. All these country clubs and, and all their so-called philosophy. I want you to know the greatest philosophy is found within the walls of this body. The Christ-like philosophy. That's what makes our joy different. That's the reason why that as we look at the things that God has done in our lives, as we look at the confidence that He gives us because our faith has increased, those are answers to prayer. They ought to be answers to your prayers. You have joy in your salvation because you know you're confident in the Lord and what He's done for you and what He's promised to do for you yet. In Philippians 1 and 6, we'll go back here before we come to a close. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, for the Bible says here, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why that I... I'm, I'm joyous in my salvation. I'm confident that God is going to keep me until the end. And I'm confident He's going to give me everything that I need to do so in this life to be faithful. There is a, a scripture that I took under, under my wings, so to speak, to help me get through the early years of my ministry here. The years of it, I was so naive and so young, so unknowing, I thought, God, how am I going to do this? I thought, how am I going to, how am I supposed to preach? How am I supposed to lead a, a church family? You go over to one of my favorite scriptures in Philippians chapter 3. I want you to look here at what we see in this and pray that God will bless your heart with it. Philippians chapter 4. 
verse 13 with me, please. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And I said to myself, well still, how am I supposed to do it? Then verse 19 comes into play, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I think Brother Jamie, back back about 2004, maybe 2005, he took it upon himself to print me a bunch of little cards. And that was on there. Folks, I, I still have that, one, that first card he ever gave me. It has the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church on it. It reminds me of who I am and what I am. But that scripture is still on there. And I still keep it to my desk. Eighteen years later, it's still right there. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Folks, I want you to know something. That's where my confidence is tonight. That's the reason why I have joy in salvation. I rejoice in the fact that I know He's able. And I know He'll perform that all the way to its end in my life. I know that. I know I'm in I know I'm in God's perfect hand. And I know that everything that he does is going to be from my good and his glory. That's the confidence I have. That's the reason why I have joy in my salvation. I want to stop for just a moment and ask you about your joy. Do you have that kind of joy? The joy that passeth all understanding. Do you know the joys of walking into a church family and knowing that you're loved? Man, I'll tell you what, there ain't nothing like it, folks. There's nothing quite like being able to walk into your family knowing that you're loved by the, by the group that you've come to join. The joys that come through unity of heart and spirit and mind. The joys of knowing that He'll keep you all the way to the end of your life. The fulfillment of your salvation is just this. That when you lay your life down here, you'll be awakened there in heaven. May God help you to have joy in your salvation. And if you don't know that joy, trust the Lord tonight. He will give you that joy. He'll make you to be overjoyed. And regardless of what this life throws at you, you'll be able to sing that old song, The Old Ship of Zion. Though its hull was battered and bent, listen, the captain remained the same, steadfast and sure. Amen. May God bless us our prayer. Let's rejoice in our salvation.